confabulation fans, storytelling fans, fans of all night art, you can't miss our next event this coming Saturday, March 1st, as confabulation brings you all of the stories. Every Nuit Blanche, we put away the details and pull out the stopwatch for a special night of 31 short stories, all two minutes or less. It's, of course, happening at Mainline Theatre here in Montreal, 3997 Saint Laurent, just at the corner of Duluth, and it starts at 8 p.m. We still have a couple of slots left, so if you're interested, head over to confabulationmontreal.com or .ca, or you can email us at confabulation at nomoradio.com. Welcome to Confabulation, the podcast. I'm Matt Goldberg, host, producer, and dishwasher at Confabulation, Montreal's premier all-true storytelling series. This week on the show, we are repackaging one of our favorite stories from the website. Uh, This is Joe Conto's story from... You know, I don't even remember when he told the story. Joe Conto is an improviser. I was going to say Montreal-based improviser and comedian, but he's really not. He's a genius and a, a wonderful person with no home base or home. I, I believe he just lives in a plane of our own imaginations. I genuinely believe that's where Joe Conto lives, only in the collective imagination of humanity. Ladies and gentlemen, the figment of all of our greatest delusions, Mr. Joe Conto. I've spent a lot of my life uh, working at resorts in nice towns. And that means that I've spent a lot of my life with white, rich people. <laughs> Let me tell you about white, uh, white rich people. They, uh, they love a theme. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I worked at this place called uh, the Jupiter Island Club in Florida, right? And when you're from the northern part of New York State, where I'm from, uh, going to Florida is like Florida, right? You know, it's a, you think it's going to be amazing, but then you get to Florida and it's Florida, you know? <laughs> right? But not the Jupiter Island Club. You have to go over a little, a little bridge to get there, and it's, it's like this other world, there are banyan trees, right? What are those, right? <laughs> banyan trees, and there are, oh, I don't know, long walks on the beach, and a table for two just on a veranda. You know, like when in the summertime when there's a drink and there's a little rivulet of delicious, like, condensation on the outside of the gin and tonic? That's the Jupiter Island Club, right? <laughs> And I got to work there. (laughs) The rich also like a theme for their parties. Like this one time they had this party. It was 1997 and Titanic had just come out and they were going to have a Titanic party. Because that's a celebration. (laughs) And so we, as I mean, they had decorators come in and the interior of... First of all, they had it in the strawberry room. The strawberry room is called the strawberry room because everything has strawberries on it. The rich do not have, you know, a great imagination. But, 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 so they have a whole decorated area, and I'm wearing, you know, they had us all like in costume, and I'm wearing wearing like Titanic-y clothes. And I get a name tag, right? And my name tag's like Seamus O'Malley. And I go, I don't think I want to be Irish on the Titanic because from what I remember, the Irish, you know, were the last to leave. So 
But, and I was, right? Because I had to sweep up. Well, and as the night went on, it was ridiculous. As the night went on, they actually, on the outside of the building, they had um, lights and fog machines come on. So uh, they would, uh, they got to, they, we had to hand them life jackets that they got to wear. It was hilarious to them. And they're wearing, and, and they're laughing like rich people. Do you ever see rich people laugh? Like it's a really careless laugh because they don't know what it's like to be care. Full. <laughs> That's the rich. You know how you know, in, in movies and books they always say they always have like the cliche is the the really sad the poor little rich girl or the rich person who's they might be rich but they're dead inside all that. The rich are fine. Don't worry about the rich. <laughs> Another thing the rich love is a centerpiece. In the middle of the themed party, there must be this sort of fetish, you know, in, in the middle of the table. The rich invented the, um, the shrimp boat. They invented the ice sculpture. They invented the chocolate fountain. That's, the rich did that. If it was just us, these things would not exist. <laughs> Okay, enter Chef Tom. Now I have to tell you something about me. I have always put people in, in two categories, right? Uh, you're either hero or villain, and that's it. <laughs> chef Tom was a villain. He was the stereotypical chef. He, uh, he, was, he was short and kind of like, he looked like kind of like a bulldog, you know, and he was mean to the waitresses, and I fall in love with waitresses, so that's not cool to me. <laughs> and, I like, like, and I love to torture him, because that meant if he was the villain, then I get to be the hero, right? I, you can't be, I can't be Batman if you're not, whatever, the Joker, or whatever. So, <laughs> so I would torture him, right? Like one time he was berating this cute waitress for bringing, it's really humid in Florida, and these rolls would often get uh, moldy, you know what I mean, even just after 24 hours or so. And he was berating her for uh, bringing a moldy roll in a, in a bread basket. Great big deal, right? So while he's doing that, I went and got a whole basket full of the moldiest rolls I could find. <laughs> and, uh, and he's going, never, ever bring that. And I just walk by, go, going to table seven, you know, and, and kind of put the, the moldy rolls right under his nose as I, you know, as I went by. And he went ballistic, and I loved it, right? <laughs> they loved him because he was the king of the centerpiece. He could make anything that would be, you know, the, the focal point for one of these buffet lines. The rich love a buffet. <laughs> he molded... If you're not in the hospitality industry, you probably don't know what beef tallow is. Do you know what beef tallow is? No. Beef tallow is exactly what it sounds like. It's beef tallow. It's rendered beef fat, but you can make stuff out of it. Yeah, right? Gross. He made this huge... He made this huge swan out of beef tallow, and he was very, yeah, I know, right? And he was very proud of it because he learned how to do it in chef school at the whatever. <laughs> whatever the chef school was. And they would cart it out all the time, and he loved it, and he would sort of 
mm, turn it this way and that way, and it was, it was the tallow swan. But I always called it the butter duck. Because beef tallow has the consistency of butter. So when I would have everybody else call it the butter duck too. So people would say, where do you want the butter duck? And he hated that. But butter duck became sort of a, an anthem of sorts. Because if you say butter duck, often enough, uh, it, it's, it, I don't know, it's fun. Like butter duck, I don't know. Butter duck. Like, I would like to, and you don't have to say it if you don't want to, but I'd like it if you did. Um, just say it three times in a row. Butter duck, butter duck, butter duck, butter duck. It's fun, right? Butter duck. And people would just start to say it. Like, somebody would try to be thinking, you know, what they have to do something, and they'd go, oh, butter duck, butter duck, butter duck. I, I can't remember. And it became a thing. And. Like, he'd come out, and I'd be standing by the buffet line, and I would take a roll, and while he was walking by, I'd pretend that I was, I had a butter knife, and I'd pretend that I was taking uh, some butter from the butter duck to butter my roll, you know? He didn't like this. So, uh, there we were, right? And the butter duck would get carted out all the time for different, oh, I don't know, different events, and it was, uh, you know, the thing of the summer. So here we are, toward the end of the summer, they have a Labor Day, uh, Party. Do you have Labor Day in Canada? Yep. It's yeah. like that September, right? First week, first Monday in September. And uh, they were doing that. Well, you know, it's a big special event, so here comes the butter duck. And the butter duck goes into the center of the table. And I don't know if you've never worked at a banquet before, you may or may not know that there are six foot tables and eight foot tables. And this was on an eight foot table. And they have folding uh, legs underneath. And you have to be rather careful when you bring the table uh, legs out to snap them in place. Otherwise, the table is uh, rickety. Woobly. Woobly. Thank you. Not rickety. It's woobly. Thank you. So, you kind of see where this is going, right? So, yeah, it's important to point out that I did not set up that table. There was talk that I may have, but I did not. I wouldn't do that. I'm a hero, right? I'm not a villain. <laughs> so the butter duck is on the eight foot. And then at this end, somebody started stacking plates. Stacks and stacks of plates. The table's wobbly. <coughs> the plates weighted this part of the, you don't have to be an engineer to understand what's gonna happen here, right? <laughs> this, the, the, the legs shoot out, it slams down, the butter, and I'm telling the butter duck is huge. <laughs> and it, it kind of, it launches, and it's for a minute, it's in flight. <laughs> and it's beautiful, right? <laughs> but then, like anything, and you understand that it's just made out of rendered beef fat. It's, it has no interior structure. And it hits the ground and it goes into sort of, it sort of shatters, if you can think of like butter shattering. And there's a clatter and the doors swing open. It's so dramatic, the doors swing open. And there's Chef Tom at the door. And I, you know, I rush over. And I try to block his view, because this is bad. And I try to block his view and he's looking and he's going, what the, is it, did it? And I said, it's still butter. But it's not a duck. 
anymore. <laughs> and here is the sad part. You know, in, a, in, in like a, uh, a horror movie, where, oh, Dr. Jekyll turns into Mr. Hyde, or the person turns into the werewolf, or your mom turns into a zombie, or whatever. For a second, there's always that part where the hero looks in the villain's eyes and sees what used to be. You know what I mean? Like, I saw it. He looked, all of a sudden, he looked little, you know, and young. And not the kind of young where you're strong and virile young, but the kind of young where things can hurt you young. And I realized that the, this thing, this butter duck, you know, meant something to him. And it was, it was then, really, it was then that I got this realization that it kind of ruined everything after that in a way, that you can't, nobody's just a hero and, and nobody's just a villain, you know? Sometimes you're one and sometimes you're, you're the other. And I had been a villain to this guy and he was just, he was just Chef Tom, you know? And uh, that's that. Thank you. <laughs> Confabulation, the podcast, is produced by Paula Flalo and hosted by Matt Goldberg. For more on Confabulation, you can check out confabulationmontreal.com or check us out on Facebook, the preferred social platform for everyone whose name is not Paula Flalo. Confabulation, the podcast, is distributed by No More Radio, available every week at nomoradio.com. Support for No More Radio comes from Montreal Improv. You can check them out at montrealimprov.com. 